For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy. It's our Thursday night preview show. We're about an hour or so away from kickoff in uh, the Jacksonville New Orleans game, if you're kind of wondering where we're doing it. I'm Simon, as always. Alf is here, as always. Chris is here, as always. How are we, gents? Great. This is an interesting game tonight, by the way. Yeah, it is. And I see Trevor Lawrence is active. Tamari Davis is active. So um, good news for those who are looking for an interesting game. Yeah, before the game, uh, before we, we got on air, I proclaimed the Jaguars already, the division winners already. So they have a home game in the playoffs. Like that's already set in stone. So if you're a Dolphin fan, you want to watch a playoff competitor playing yeah, against a really good defense in New Orleans. Absolutely. Speaking of really good defenses, Miami take on Philadelphia on Sunday night. One of the biggest, if not the biggest game of the season, uh, a potential Super Bowl preview in uh, the city of brotherly love in that great stadium, Lincoln Financial Field. It will be rowdy. It will be noisy and we will get to it in a second. But first, this show, as always, is brought to you by Price Picks. Use the promo code three, the number three yards to get a hundred dollar match bonus on your one hundred dollar deposit. By Better Edge, go to betteredge.com forward slash five, the number five reasons to get twenty dollars just for signing up. By gopuff.com, use the promo code welcome ten ten. That's one zero one zero. Get ten dollars off your first ten orders. And by factormeals.com, promo code three yards per carry fifty. That's the number three yards per carry five zero four fifty percent off your first order i'm going to america next week i'm going to new york uh, and tomorrow i need a haircut um to take on uh the big apple but i might not have needed one if manscape had sent us uh their new beard hedger pro kit and i don't know if you boys have got yours but i haven't got mine uh, i'm still waiting for for a certain somebody to come back from greece chris so. well well i have one but not not the uh not the updated version no we uh, we all have the lawnmower yeah, an excellent product, but this beard hedger pro kit is essentially the Tyreek Hill of beard hedging. So, if they can just ship that across the uh, across the old pond, there, I'd be hugely satisfied. You know, it's being shipped to me immediately, right? If not sooner, go on. Black coral rum, and if you want to learn nice. more about black coral rum, go to steeltiespirits.com. and that's S T E E L tie T I E spirits.com. You should available anywhere you get your liquor. Liquor. You should present a podcast, Alf. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you know how many million men use Manscaped around the world? How many million men use Manscaped around the world? Um, yeah. Well, I, I I would never guess. I don't, is it, is, is it multiple millions? Just you just pick a number, mate. I'm just going to say five. Oh, Alf. Eight million nine hundred and thirty-three thousand and four hundred and seventy-six. Nine million. You're close though. Well, I was pretty Oof. close. You're close. Do you know how many people use Manscaped's liquid formations like beard shampoo, beard oil, and beard balm? Oh, I would say that's got to be, be more, right? Yeah. I mean, at, I've pulled 
I pulled the wool over your eyes because there's no figure for that. Oh, okay. But you can still, <laughs> I was going to say add a hundred thousand to my number. I know, I know one person that does. Who's that? that? Uh, me, me. I'm, I'm oh yeah, I do. Yeah, too, because I use it too. So, um, <laughs> you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code five RSN at manscaped.com on the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. That's twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code five. RSN. As I always say, your grass is not artificial, so keep it shaved and shaped with Manscaped. Gents, these are the games we kind of live for. It's cool to play the Panthers and beat up on the Panthers and beat up on the Broncos, but these are the games that, you know, importance on, on games like this, on the road against Philadelphia, the defending NFC championship, uh, the defending NFC champions on the road, as it were, in Frankfurt in two weeks' time against the, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. These are the games we kind of want to be in. I'm feeling nervous already. How are you feeling as we build up towards the game? Quite confident. Well, I'm, I'm, ner- I'm nervous. I, I don't I'm nervous. know about you. I mean, because uh, I, I think that this is one of those, this is another one of those moments where, you know, you got to step up into prime time. Yeah. everybody's watching it's going to be a really good team and if you fall flat again if you fall you know if you fall short then um then you know it's going to continue to be uh, a storyline for the rest of the year an unpleasant storyline yeah. for the rest of the year it's a big boy table game isn't it alf it's one of those where you, if you want to be taken seriously because you know we know that you know we talked about it and these things are relative you can only beat who's in front of you but you know the dolphins have you know, in terms of the teams that they've played this season, uh, I think is it four or five wins in total of of all the teams that we played this season. And the one team with you know legitimate Super Bowl credentials that we came up against, we got blown out against. So this is a kind of a statement game, but also a kind of a mindset and a mentality game in terms of just being able to say, you know what, we can go on the road into a hostile environment and beat the best team in the NFC or the second best team in the NFC, and we can do it. And now we know where we stand moving forwards and we've done it before. And when we get to the playoffs and if we get to the Super Bowl, we know we can do it again. Yeah, the, this this is the type of game that you go in and you win on the road and against a really good opponent, probably the second best team in the NFC, the defending NFC champions, the representative from the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. You go into their place when they're wearing the Kelly Greens and everybody and their mother in Philly is excited for this game and you beat them. You could just say, yeah, we are the best team in the league, and our concerns from this day forth are and is the number one seed, and they can start taking care of that in two weeks' time after that game. So, yeah, it's an absolutely massive game. Chris, let's start with the Eagles when they have the ball. Obviously, Jalen Hurts and Tua have history going back to that uh, to that 2017 national championship. Uh, they remain close friends, have been close friends for, for a long time. No friendships on uh, on Sunday night. Jalen obviously coming back and looking to bounce back from his probably his worst performance in 18 months, 28 of 45, 280 yards, one touchdown, three picks, the last of which obviously led to that Jets game winner uh, with 146 to play in the game. But their offense is essentially predicated on what is really a four-headed run game led by DeAndre Swift behind the best offensive line in the league, but ably assisted by Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. And then obviously the quarterback himself, Jalen Hurts, and his ability on those cooled runs uh, to be able to, to to do the damage. And we know the problems that we've had in the past with Josh Allen on you know big play, third down and 10, and not, and not being able to get off the field because Allen's able to move the chains with uh, you know being able to pick up a first down. How do you see it playing out? Because it's a bit of a weakness for the Dolphins, obviously, stopping the run. So, so where do you think this lands in terms of what Philadelphia will come in and try and do? Well, you said it with the um with with Jalen Hurts and what he 
presents them in the ground game. And I think that that's kind of the, that's, that's the thing that they have to figure out the, uh, from a numbers standpoint. And I, I know it's the, probably the thing that's keeping Vic Fangio up, um, you know, most, uh, uh, the, the aspect of their offense that probably is, uh, is, is stumping him the most is the advantages that they can create, uh, with Jalen Hurts on the ground. Um, you know, as for picking or as for not, not allowing him to pick up first downs, I mean, you, you have to realize that on third down that, uh, is particularly in their third and short, not, not third and a foot, but, you know, third and, uh, third and shorter, um, that offense is just is very accomplished and they have a lot of they have a lot of options and so you're just going to have to be patient as a defense um i actually think in this game we may see uh the dolphins emphasize a little bit of their physicality or um i i guess uh try and uh try and and let their physicality in the secondary in particular impact the game um, I think that can help them in the run game. It can help them with the screen game, the RPO game, or the uh, the PRO game, or the SRO game. You know, um, the the physicality from Miami's defensive backs that they're capable of uh, if they get the right guys on the field um, could actually impact the game. It could impact the game also with uh, with Jalen Hurts when he does run, and um, and I think that. Uh, you can also start to see more of uh, – I've noticed in the last two games, uh, Vic Fangio has sent Cater Kohu on blitzes, I think, uh, about three times a game in the last two games. And um, and I, I think some previous defenses have had success with um, DB blitzes uh, against the Eagles. So you could see maybe a little bit more of that. And uh, – and uh, honestly, for the for the sake of the physicality, I think that's why we're probably going to see Cam Smith for the first time this year. Um, you know, for for an extended number of plays. Uh, I don't know if Xavier Howard's going to play or not. Um, I, my gut feeling says he probably is, but uh, but even if he does play, I think that we're going to see Cam Smith rotated in a healthy amount. Alf, they've obviously just brought in uh, Julio Jones. Uh, to play receiver, but you know, it's a stacked receiver group. We talked about that running game, Rashad Penny as well. Uh, they have in the in the backfield. Now they only have four receivers actually currently at the moment. AJ Brown, Britton Coffey, who's the return guy, Devonta Smith and, and uh Olamide Zacchaeus. Um do you worry uh because Julio's on the practice squad but I suspect we'll get called up. Do you worry um with the potential injury to to Howard, and I'm told it's touch and go. Chris touched on it. Then it'll be touch and go as to whether he plays. How much concern is there that if we can't stop the run, then we get plowed over? But also, if we're really, you know, if they establish the run early on, and we, you know, we bite down into the box, then we can get beaten over the top in terms of, you know, Smith, who we all know can do what he does, and obviously AJ being so physical down the field, and uh, Jalen being able to find him without even talking about, you know, Dallas Goddard and Albert O, etc. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that you know it's they're gonna have to rely back on on their on their pass rush and the numbers that they've been putting up that has put them number one in quarterback hits in the NFL and number three in sacks, number seven in pressures. So they're getting some pressure on the quarterback. They're gonna have to rely on a lot on that in this game. The Eagles are amongst one of the teams that do the fewest motions. They kind of line up in eleven personnel a lot. Then they get into twelve. Uh, 
they're very static on offense. They try to beat you with with route combinations. And uh, if you listen to Eagle fans, they absolutely despise uh, their offense this year. And you could kind of see why, because it doesn't have the pizzazz that it had a year ago. And by the way, when when uh, when Chris said that, you know, what keeps Vic Fangio up at night, I was going to drop my my quote, my uh, my joke about, yeah, that and his prostate. But, you know, my timing was slightly off. And when I heard it, I couldn't drop it. <laughs> so I think this is a huge Raekwon Davis game. And he's going to have to occupy Jason Kelsey because that offensive line, uh, I heard you say it's the best in football. I tend to agree. They have a revolving door at right guard, but the reason they can have a revolving door at right guard is because everybody else on that line is so good. It looks like Lane Johnson's going to try to give it a go. Um, his injury looked actually pretty bad when he had it, but he says it's gotten, you know, it's better than what he thought it could be. But they're going to have to occupy the center of that of that offensive line. They can't let Jason Kelsey have nothing to do because he will find work. And when he mm. finds work, that offensive line and that running game is going to get going. So this is a massive Raquan Davis game. And I suspect that it's a massive David Long game as well. Yeah, Chris, we talk about the offensive line and and talk about the four or five parts of it. But you've essentially got two probable Hall of Famers on that line. Kelsey at center and Lane Johnson at right tackle. Uh, you throw in Jordan Malata, who's a top five tackle, and Landon Dickerson, who's playing as well as any guard in the league and has done over the last you know two years, another Alabama product. Unlikely that Jalen Phillips is going to play the whole game. We're going to we're told he's going to be on a, essentially a pitch count because of the the ongoing injury. Huge then emphasis on on Bradley Chubb and on Andrew Van Ginkle in terms of being able to try and pressure Jalen. But where else do you see Vic trying to dial up some pressures, trying to dial up some some things that not only put Jalen under pressure but also essentially put this offense uh, and this offensive line under pressure and uh, and really try and you know dictate the game in the trenches. Well, this is this is going to be an interesting who's 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 for real kind of matchup um, because you know the, as you mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line uh, well regarded uh, deserve every bit of it um, I believe their uh, their pass block win rate on ESPN is is second in the league and their uh, the run block win rate is first in the league so I mean they're they're they are definitely a very good offensive line um, interestingly enough. Though Miami's pass rush this season has started to get going, uh, there were some complaints about it. I think early in the season, um, but we've seen uh, more effective results. Uh, obviously, the Giants had real offensive line issues with injuries and backups, um, you know, and so it's hard to to give them their flowers over that game. Um, and, you know, it's also a little bit harder to give, say, Bradley Chubb his flowers for going against Badarian Lowe and, uh, as a left, backup left tackle in the uh, Patriots game. But I think they started to get going a little bit more against the Panthers, and um, the Panthers have a better offensive line. And so now we're going to see what they can do against a real bona fide unit that has, as you said, two Hall of Famers on it and plus you know, Pro Bowl caliber players. Um, but the Dolphins might want to start dialing up a little bit more of those uh, of those um, cat blitzes and uh, and safety blitzes and corner blitzes, particularly uh, Cater Coho, who blitzes very well. 
I think they might want to um, dial up, uh, you know, depending on whether Cam Smith does get in the game, they might want to dial him up. Uh, you know, there's something that that people have, I saw, I saw JT O'Sullivan was talking about it, that have identified um, consistently in the Eagles offense, which is their lack of hots, their lack of hot uh, options uh, against the Blitz. And I think that that's, I mean, that's something that you're going to want to exploit. And, uh, and you're going to want to get in there on Jalen Hurts quickly. You don't want to give him time and space. Um, and because he will, he will run around and find something. And those guys between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they are in tune with their quarterback and they're going to uncover. Uh, yeah. So you, you can't really do that. You have, to, you have to get in there. You have to make him go hot. You have to make him make some um some decisions uh maybe some hard decisions so this is this is a game where i know that big fangio is not one for blitzing you know that's that's not his his uh his shtick um but i wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more of it from those dbs yeah alf the last one before we go to the break the eagles have consistently struggled in the red zone this year third in the league last year but they're currently 23rd, only converting 45% of red zone tries into touchdowns. Travis Kelsey talked about it at length, about how frustrating it was last week on his New Heights podcast. Um, and they actually moved up from 27th to 23rd. Um, the Dolphins defense is one of the best in the league in the red zone. So where do you think the, the rubber meets the road for this in terms of, because clearly, I know it seems obvious, but getting Jay Kelly at onto the field when the Eagles get down to the red zone and, and, you know, turning away touchdowns and letting them convert field goals would be a huge win on the road for this Dolphins defense. Absolutely. Uh, I heard it said earlier today in one, one of these previews, because everybody has a preview on this game that kicking field goals in this game early could feel like wins or losses. Like if you're leaving points on the field. And I think that that's where uh, I think that's a huge, that would be a huge edge for Miami. If they could just, uh, keep Jake Elliott really, really busy today uh, on that day uh, in the red zone. One of their issues, and if you listen to them talk about it, is not only their lack of creativity, but it's also um, everybody's seen this before. Is is what everybody is is trying to you know comment on on this offense. They try to get DeAndre Swift out in the flat in the passing game, and it seems like they don't have many other answers because. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I believe, only has three targets in the red zone all season. Uh, I would expect for them to start getting back to some of that stuff. And when you when you have a big wide receiver like A.J. Brown, how are you not targeting him? It, we all remember what happened on the sideline in that Minnesota game where A.J. Brown is essentially going off on Ben Johnson and Jalen Hurts saying, I'm right here. I'm standing right here. Like, are you going to ever throw me the football? Since then, he's taken off. So that part of the offense has been fixed. But the main complaint that I've heard from Eagles fans, and I think it's it's one that that has some merit, is that their passing game in the red zone has pretty much consisted of exclusively trying to find running backs out of the backfield. And that's just not good enough. Yeah. When we come back from break, we will talk about the team that is first in the NFL in, in red zone and converting uh, red zone positions into touchdowns. And that is your Miami Dolphins, 80.7% of red zone tries are turned into touchdowns going against the 30th best red zone defense, i.e. the second worst red zone defense in the NFL. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll be back in a sec. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than eighty five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. Welcome back to Three Yards Per Carry. Simon, Alf, and Chris looking ahead to the Eagles hosting the Dolphins on Sunday. A huge game, a potential Super Bowl preview, preview and one where the Dolphins need to bring their big boy pants to really be taken uh, a little bit more seriously when it comes to pecking order and whether or not they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Because if you get blown out by Buffalo and then you get blown out by Philadelphia, then you probably don't deserve to be talked about as one of the best teams in the league and a legit Super Bowl contender. Now, there is something significantly legit about this Dolphins team and that is this offense Chris and there are lots and lots and lots of things to like about it but obviously one of the concerns with this game is the Eagles have uh, you know they're carrying a lot of injuries but also a lot of strength on defense two very very good cornerbacks in in James Bradbury and uh, slightly ailing slightly injured Darius Slay Uh, but up front they can get home with four consistently the pressure on the inside from the two rookie or the two young guys, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and Davis didn't play last week. Fletcher Cox still playing at a high level, but on the edge, obviously, Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham. Uh, Josh Sweat is playing really, really well. Um, they can get home. Hassan Reddick, obviously, Nolan Smith, the first round pick. So they know how to get home with four. Um, one of the things I noticed from watching a fair bit of Eagles take this week is that a lot of the stuff that the Dolphins do really well, a lot of that bootleg play action stuff that Tua does. Hassan Reddick stays home consistently. He never, ever, ever bites inside. He always, he's so patient. He's so disciplined in terms of just reading and reacting and not biting inside to give, you know, free releases to, to a quarterback. 
do you think that Mike McDaniel will, how significantly do you think the Dolphins will have to change some of the nuanced things that they do in that offense to try and make it work, knowing how well coached that defense is? But also the second question to that is, how much work will Vic Fangio have done almost helping the offense this week in terms of knowing some of the things that they're going to do and and being able to, to work on? I, obviously, um, Sean Desai has taken over as defensive coordinator, but there are still schematic things and obviously players who are better suited to certain styles that, that Vic will know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one thing to consider is, as you kind of alluded to with Sean Desai taking over um, the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles defense, this is this is a defense that looks almost exactly like the Dolphins from a schematic standpoint. Um, you know, I was just looking just looking at the percentage, the percentages of their coverages. You know, between cover, you know, their zeros um, and uh, you know, cover one, cover three, two quarters, cover six. Um, these are both cover six teams. Uh, you know, nobody uses cover six. Uh, uh, majority of the time but um but the dolphins and uh and the eagles are both among the top five uh in doing it they uh they both use about the same amount of quarters they both use about the same amount of cover three um they both use you know almost almost identical in, in percentage wise just across the board in all the different coverages um they're very alike schematically now you ask the question how much has Vic fangio uh you know helped mike mcdaniel and the offense I'm going to tell you that uh, the answer is probably not much because knowing Fangio, he, you know, he's going to say that he has his hands full as it is trying to game plan for Jalen Hurts um, and for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, offense. Um, so I don't know that there's going to be a lot of, uh, of, you know, sessions between the two uh, trying to prepare for this, but I would point to another defense that they faced that was very similar to their own already and that they tore up, up and that was the the LA Chargers in week 1 um this is a defense that that, uh, that plays a lot they play a lot like each other uh, in a lot of ways and we know that in that game Ronaldo Hill did cross over um, and give the offense some pointers on beating that defense because he had been the defensive coordinator of the Chargers just that prior year. So while Fangio himself probably was even planning for the um, for the Eagle or the Eagles offense, it's possible that Ronaldo Hill might have um, might have might have crossed over again. But even so, I doubt it because they face this defense every day in practice. Uh, Mike McDaniel does. They faced it in Week One. Um, there's a reason that Mike McDaniel bought Vic Fangio and and brought that defense over. Uh, I think he's very familiar with it. So, um, you know, while I do respect the Philadelphia Eagles, in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking about that Chargers game. It's a good point, Chris. I, I think, Alf, you look at what Desai is going to try and do, and we talk about, you know, muddy in the picture of the secondary and the, the second level in terms of getting extra players in there and getting home with four. You know, it's what Buffalo did very well. And, and you know, looking at how Sean Desai has played and certainly against, you know, passing offences and passing offences that, that have got the ability to be explosive. And I suppose you would throw at times Minnesota in there uh, with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and uh, and those guys and Kirk Cousins, you know, when he gets hot can certainly sling the ball around the park. And, and Desai sort of played that kind of, you know, looking back at it, a sort of a, a, a ring coverage against the Vikings, a kind of man coverage with a, 
a deep half safety over the top of the uh, of Jefferson over the star receiver when they're outside, and then you have more of a you know a kind of an inside safety to the other side. So you're just you know trying to do something extra to kind of muddy the picture up. Um, and then they have their like weak side safety rotation, a bit like they used to do last year with um, with CJ Gardner Johnson, which they'll essentially kind of call cover nine, but it's just uh, looks just like cover three really, where the safety's dropping opposite the nickel. Uh, and I suppose the goal there is that they just want to change the picture a bit for tour because you want to take away those in breaking routes, um, you know, which is where we which is where we work so well between the numbers uh, and and put defenders in those kind of areas. And there's just I suppose. Um, you know, that's what they're going to try and do, isn't it? They're going to try and muddy the picture for Tua, try and mix up the coverages, try and, you know, get guys in the second level. But, you know, you wonder whether or not, you know, Nicholas Morrow and uh, Nicobe Dean, if he's healthy, and um, Zach Cunningham and guys like that have the capability to be able to do that. You know, we're not talking about Fred Warner and uh, and those guys down in San Francisco. We're not talking about Bernard and Matt Milano and Teron Johnson in Buffalo. We're talking about, I suppose, second and third tier linebackers. So, you know, as good as their secondary is, can the can the Eagles do that consistently against this passing offense? Yeah, and the and the big cat and mouse game is going to be on that on that defensive line. Um, Jalen Carter is an absolute like he he belongs in that group. Like he'll be in that group of those those defensive tackles, those two gap players that are unblockable. If he doesn't play. That's a massive help for, for the Dolphins because they really only have two two-gap defensive tackles on the team. Um, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is still Fletcher Cox. Uh, yeah. But all of these guys have very, very defined roles. Son Reddick is a really good pass rusher. He's bad, at, he's bad against the run. Josh Sweat's going to get paid, and he's good everywhere. Okay, And Jordan Davis is very much like a Raekwon Davis, although he has pretty good pub as of late because he's coming on. He's playing pretty well lately, but he's a guy who's essentially the zero that they count on the most besides Milton Williams, but he's injured. So they have very, very defined roles that I think Miami will be able to exploit if they stick to those same rules, because they're a team that, oddly enough, doesn't like to get into eagle fronts too much, Mm. okay, while Miami does. So, you know, how do you occupy Liam Eikenberg if he does play and... I think it's 50-50, but more likely than not that Liam Eikenberg does play. Well, you want to put somebody right over him to occupy him for most of the game. Uh, That's something that they really only trust Jalen Carter and Milton Williams with, and it's something that Jordan Davis, they always like to shade him because he tends to get caught in the wash. He's not the quickest sort. So they have very defined roles, and I'm really interested to see the cat-and-mouse game that the Dolphins will employ with their running game because as as I've said before, they don't have a power game. They have a leverage game. And Hassan Reddick likes to line up extremely wide. Are they going to start? Are they going to try to stick to 21 personnel and isolate him all day? Uh, that's something they could absolutely do. And I agree with you. Uh, all their talent is pretty much up front. They have a lot of talent on the outside. But those linebackers should get exploited. And... If the Dolphins have 15 targets for their running backs out of the backfield, I think that that's probably a pretty good number. And if they do that, they're probably winning this game. Because the Dolphins are first in the league in rushing 181.1 yards per game. The Eagles are second in the NFL against the run, only allowing 65.8 yards per game. And Alf's just talked there about the defensive line. But do you, you know, 
where do you see Miami trying to get some quick wins if, because we know historically Mike McDaniel has a tendency to move away quickly from the run game if it doesn't open up early. Yeah. Um, you know, if we get stuffed on a couple of early runs, he tends just to go throw, 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 throw. So do you think there will be a way of countering uh, that potential shutdown of the run game? And if so, is that using, you know, tunnel screens is that just getting guys out in space on the perimeter in terms of the backs like Ahmed that we saw a couple of times last week and most obviously he's been sensational um you know how do you think they try and counter the Eagles strength of shutting down the run well I think well first off um you know I'm I I also wonder about whether Jalen Carter plays and uh what impact he can have and how the Miami Dolphins will treat it I have a feeling that they're gonna they're going to do some trapping on him, um, you know, maybe some maybe some wham blocks, things like that. But um, but I think you said it, which is that Mike McDaniel and this is this is something that is that is so new uh, to experience uh, with this coach and with this offense that they're establishing. Mike McDaniel is not going to be one of those guys that runs the ball just to run the ball. Uh, he runs the ball to win. He runs the ball because he thinks that, you know, when he thinks it's going to work and when he thinks it's going to uh, really hurt the defense. Um, if there's, you know, chances for big plays with his run game, if, you know, things like that. That's one of the reasons they didn't run the ball last year um, is because they didn't, they didn't treat it like some, you know, uh, some dogmatic, you know, necessity. Um, I don't think the run game was properly installed last year. Uh, and they had issues with the offensive line coach and, and your first year in the system always, you know, has a little bit um, of, of a learning curve. Now they haven't established. And I think that you might see the run game a little later in the, in, uh, in the game in the second half, because he'll be poking and prodding. Um, and Kyle Shanahan used to do this as well. Uh, they'll be poking and prodding at toward the beginning of the game uh, in order to find what's going to work and also to set up the defense for some of those run plays that they can um, that they can take advantage of in the second half. So um, how I would see this game start to play out is is actually I wouldn't be surprised if early on. It is exactly as you described where, you know, maybe they do run the ball a couple of times and it's not successful. And then it's just, you know, it's past city. And um, and one of the reasons that I think it's just going to be past city is is because, as I said before, um, you know, there's there's a there's an opportunity with this team or this defense and this secondary and um, their style that fits well with what Miami likes to do in the passing game, like we saw in the Chargers game. Yeah. Uh, so I think that they could, they could actually unleash that passing attack, but at, while they're doing that, I do see McDaniel kind of, you know, doing a little bit of probing during the first half to, um, to start unleashing, uh, some of the runs that he thinks are going to work based on what they've established and based on what they've, um, they've set up. Yeah. Another reason why they could go past happy is the fact that they only have three safeties rostered and, and Reed Blankenship missed last week's game. He's been their best safety this season. Um, and he hasn't practiced all week, did not practice yesterday, did not practice today. And it's considered a doubt for the weekend, which only leaves Sidney Brown and Terrell Edmonds as their two rostered safeties. They may well bring Tristan McCollum up, the only other uh, safety they have on the practice squad. You may see Keely Ringo uh, potentially play some safety. 
but it will be very, very interesting. Let's get, gentlemen, some predictions. We forgot to do them last week, but quite frankly, I would have won uh, again. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. So, I had 42 21, I was going to say. Yeah, did you, though? Not on the podcast, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, Chris, first off, let's have your prediction for this uh, tasty, nervous, exciting, scary looking game on Sunday in Philadelphia. Very scary game, but I, I do think I, I think that this is going to play out more like the Chargers game than than like the Bills game. Um, I think that Philadelphia is going to find things against our defense. I don't know if the defense is ready yet uh, to really, you know, ready for the big show, uh, so to speak. Um, so I, I see this game. I see. But on, on the other hand, I think Miami is going to find a lot going on uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say this is a good 37, 34, you know, shootout. And uh, and that's how that's how it ends. I think Miami does win, um, but it's going to be high scoring and very exciting. Alf. I see it kind of the same way. Uh, I would I would not be surprised at all if you have two 300-yard passers in this game. Um, I would be surprised if both running games are effective. Bo- uh, I think the Eagles have the horses to stop the running game. I think they have issues in the back end. I really do believe in form and how teams are coming into games. Uh, the Eagles are limping into this game on Sunday, and they have some important games coming up afterwards they have the commanders they have the cowboys okay not that they'll overlook miami but uh but i think they're not in their proper form to defeat this offense i think this offense will be too much i think jalen hurts will have a game he'll play well dolphins win 31 27 my heart says 31 34 31 miami my head says 31 24 philadelphia but we're five and one so you know i'm gonna go with my heart So there you go. Thank you for listening. As always, we shall be back on Monday to break down what we hope will be a victory Monday and a six and one record. And we can just bask a little bit in the glory of being somebody who is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And we haven't always been able to say that over the last few years. I can tell you that much. Um, Thanks, as I said, as always for listening. Thanks to Alf and Chris. And we shall see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.